I had the joy this week of actually going through, spending two whole days just about going through all the pictures of the first 10 years of Great Oaks. I looked through probably several thousand pictures. I uh, had, had lots of slides and stuff, different ones. And so uh, I, I did that because we're going to start a series today for three weeks called Because of You. And today what I want to do is look back in the past and think about what God has done through the people of Great Oaks and because of you and what you've done, how we can be thankful for that and what God continue to do. Next week we're going to talk about how through the attitude of gratitude that we can live life in a way that God can use us right now. And then we're going to talk in two weeks, we're going to talk about the future. We're going to talk about through us together how God can use us not only from what we've, we already God has accomplished here, but what he can do in the future as well. So I'm anticipating this as a great series of after we've had this really hard series on, you know, not a fan and you kind of feel all beat up, right? <laughs> had a lot of emotion and stuff. There'll be different emotions in this series. Uh, hopefully it'll be emotions of gratitude and thanksgiving for what God has done through us through all the years. Uh, interesting thing, though, um, in looking through all the pictures in the last, uh, last week or so, um, I noticed that a lot of people are still serving in areas that they served 10, 11 years. I mean, most of those pictures were taken. I came in 2002. The church started on 90, uh, Easter of 90, 1997. And, um, and in 2002, 2003, um, a lot of those pictures, some of the people are still doing the same things they did all those years ago. And uh, so we're just thankful for that as well. Today we want to look at God's Word, though. I want to get a framework around God's Word to talk about this. And I want to talk about this and tell you some stories and some reasons that I'm, that I'm so thankful and so grateful for so many people uh, that God has placed here in this community uh, to serve Him through the Great Oaks. If you have your Bibles this morning, there's two places that we want to turn. The first one is in First Thessalonians chapter 3. Uh, in First, Thess- First Thessalonians, it's hard to say. First Thessalonians, chapter three. We're going to talk about that this morning. And uh, the first is this: Paul was wanting to reach the uh, reach back out to the Thessalonian church, a place he had been to a couple of times. Uh, he'd started a church there. He he had been away for a good while, and he was wondering. Paul was wondering after he left his group of people who he loved greatly. He was wondering if his ministry, if the ministry was sticking, if people were still staying close to God. And so uh, he sends his good friend Timothy there, and Timothy goes and reports back to him that people are, are really staying close and firm with God. He got word that they were still faithfully serving Christ. And so this is what he said to them. Now, I'm not going to show up in a, in a minute of Scripture, but a couple of verses before uh, chapter 3, verse 9, in chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, says this, So we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in the faith, it gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. And then 1 Thessalonians 3, nine, which is the key verse for this series, where I got the title from, the whole deal. It says this in the NLT translations. It says this, Paul says about the Thessalonian church, he says, How we thank God for you. And he says this, Because of you, because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. We have great joy as we enter God's presence because... Of you. As I've thought about that uh, this last 11 years at Great Oaks for me personally, I can thank God for so many things because of so many of you. Um, a couple of personal things that I can thank God for. When I came 11 years ago, and some of you know this story, and I've shared this before, this is not new, but for many of you it is, and maybe some of those pictures were new when you looked up there and you're going like, oh man, the Great Oaks is only 16 years old. Yeah, we're 16 years old. We'll be 17 this next Easter. Uh, we're just barely a teenager, you know. We still don't, uh, uh, we still haven't gone totally, you know, grown up yet. Uh, 
We're getting there, hopefully, though. But the issue is, is that uh, I was thinking about when I came to Great Oaks. I came at a time where I was excited about what God was going to do, but I came at a time after God had really worked a, a work in my life, and I felt really, really discouraged in ministry, just to be honest. I was at a place where, where I'd been at the church for 13 years and served at the church for 13 years, uh, a really difficult church where we did a lot of things that trying to change things and make things change. And people said they wanted to change, but they really didn't. And so it had been a struggle, a different kind of culture there where I was at. And, 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 and truthfully, before I came to Great Oaks, I was asking this question, God, do you still want me to serve in ministry? And, and I was honest with the team when I came here um, about that. And so one of the things that I was so thankful is when I came here, I found a group of people in the leadership of Great Oaks that really had a passion for this community and a passion for serving God. And it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was alone anymore, doing it alone. And because of that, because of you, God gave me new enthusiasm for ministry, new enthusiasm for what I was doing. And together we have done, God has done remarkable things through us over the last 11 years. He really has. That small group of people I first came to, uh, back when we were, the, I, I don't know if you noticed, there was a couple of different locations there in the video. The first location, when I came in 2011, we were over at the elementary school. And for the first uh, basically four and a half, five years, that's where the church was happening for Great Oaks most of the year, except for, except for summer. And in the summer, we'd go to the middle school. And so the first year I was here, uh, we went, you know, we were at the elementary school. We went through some growth. We got to the middle of the summer, and we were there. And so what was happening was uh, I'm going like, the middle school is so much nicer than the elementary school. Why can't we just stay here? And that was my question because I didn't know any better. I didn't know the reasons why we couldn't. We didn't have any place to store anything. And so we worked that out, and that whole deal worked out where we were able to stay there from then on for the next several years in the middle school. And let me tell you something, that is a blessing, folks. I don't know if you know that, but in so many communities, churches cannot use schools because there's this pushback. But we live in a community where that was totally open, and they were so open to that, it was just a blessing of God to be able to do that here in this community with that group of people. And I want to let you know that's not normal. That is not normal. So first of all, I'm, I'm thankful personally for being re-energized, re-energized in ministry because of you. A second one's even more personal than that. When I came here eight years ago, or 11 years ago, my son Keith was going into the eighth grade. And, and, and some of you know the story as well. He was going through a struggle. Uh, Keith now is in St. Louis. He's, uh, he's training. Uh, he's 25. He's, he's married for the last two years. He's He's uh, doing well. He's uh, going to be at Edward Jones Financial Advisor. He's training for that. Going to be moving to Knoxville, Tennessee soon. Um, just excited about what God is doing in his life. But let me tell you something. In, two, in 2002, I wasn't sure that Keith was going to be here for long. Because he was the kind of kid who was the smallest kid in his class. And one of his kids was a late bloomer. Now he's like six foot tall, 170. But you know, back then he was like five foot tall, 90 pounds. And when they had graduation that year, the first year we were here at, at, at Germantown Hills Middle School, they line you up in eighth grade graduation, which I still don't understand. Um, they line you up. Eighth grade's trans- transition to real school, okay. Um, they line you up by height. Y'all been there, done that? My son was the next to the sh- shortest person in his whole class. The only person shorter was one little girl. And I'm not saying that's the whole reason, but he was, he was brutally picked on when he was in Virginia 
Not only in public schools, but in a Christian school as well. Had nothing to do with it. We'd gone through the whole gamut. And I was so, so discouraged as a parent. But I came here in this community, and because of people in this church, I think about I was looking at the pictures, and I remember the kids being over to Zayner's house, having Bible study at the house there. Can you imagine junior hires having study at your house today? All 100 of them that come now. But back then it was a small group of kids, and I remember that. I remember other people who, who gave of their life. I remember over to the youth barn, uh, we called that. We didn't have a place here like this, and so we had to kind of come to grips with what we're going to do. And we had a place that some people in our church let, let us take a part of their house and turn it into a youth center, in a sense. I mean, basically disrupted their whole life every week. By doing that. And then I was looking at pictures and I remember some of the other ones. And I remember we did middle school over at, the, over at the fire station for a while. Remember that? Some of you who were around back then, the fire station over here. We had middle school there. And I, I remember that picture because I saw the Garbers and the Tassos and the Olsons over there. And they all looked ridiculous. And they all had weird stuff in their hair. You do crazy things when you're in student ministry. And I remember that, and I remember those, those people and those kids, and, and, but it was so personal to me because, truthfully, it may have saved my son's life. People who cared. People who cared. And I want to let you know, if you serve in children or in youth, you may be, you don't ever know whether those kids are going to be down the road. And God, because of you, because of you, because of your commitment to what God is doing, um, we can have great joy. Those are the two personal reasons, but there's so many other reasons uh, that I can thank God because of you. And I want to let you to know that when you serve and when you love and when you give of your heart to people, there will be people that will thank God because of you. There will be, guaranteed. Now today, for the rest of the time, I want to take one other passage of Scripture where Paul also thanks God for some people, but I want to use it as, a, as, as kind of a, a, a framework for which to talk about this specifically in three areas that I thank God because of you. It's the same three areas that Paul thanked God for those people in the Corinthian church. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 11 through 13, if you have your Bibles, that's where you're going to camp out for the next uh, few minutes here. They don't have a whole lot of time, but we're going to do there this morning. I, I don't want to share it with you. Uh, something about how Paul was so good at this. You know, how good at we are saying thank you to people. I'm horrible at it sometimes. I don't get, write thank you notes very often, I, even though I'm having great intentions. How many of you have great intentions to do stuff like that, but you don't do it? I'm sorry, great intentions plus a nickel won't get you anything. And the reality is, is that I just want to spend this time today to call to thank God. And I want us to look back, back in the past, but I want us to connect with the future as well in this series. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul's talking to the Corinthian church, and the Corinthian church was a unique church because it was in an area that was more prosperous than all the other areas around it. And they had a lot of resources, and they had a lot of stuff. They're kind of like Americans, like we are in regard to the rest of the world. We are resourced to the max. We don't think we are, but you only have to go to other places in the world to find out that we have so much compared to so many people. And that's what the Corinthian church was like. And so this is what Paul says to him. I want to read the whole verse and then we'll go back and talk about it. He says this to the Corinthian church. He says, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. I made you rich in every way. I've, I've allowed you to be blessed in every way. Not so you can spend it all on yourself, so you can be generous on every occasion. 
And through, your, through us, your generosity will result in what? It will result in thanksgiving to God. He says, what I want your generosity to do is not give you praise. I want it to give praise to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Then he says this, Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. See, what he's saying, he was trying to teach back then, is with something we need to learn now, and I think we, we learn it sometimes, is, is that we have to overcome consumer Christianity. Great Oaks doesn't exist for us. Great Oaks, the church, is the people. We are the church, and we exist for the world. We are the church, and we exist for the world. And so what Paul is saying to the Corinthian church is applicable today because he's saying, he's saying that the reason I, you have and, and the reason you can, you're so prosperous is not so you can just go out and spend it all on yourselves, folks, or do it all yourself. I've given you this stuff to be good stewards of everything because we exist to be God's hands, God's feet, God's eyes, God's ears in the world today. So let me share with you three things that I see Paul saying here. And I want to talk in the context of how it works at Great Oaks. Number one, he says this, because of your serving, God is changing lives. Go back to verse 13. It says, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God. I can tell you that in this community, we have a good reputation. Constantly, I'm encountering people when they're saying, oh, I know about Great Oaks, so-and-so. And they'll talk about a person in Great Oaks who has made an impact on their life personally. And they'll, and they'll always, some people have a question, well, why do they do that? And, because, and, and simply I said, because we love God and we want to serve people. Remember, the, the court, what's, what's the very purpose of Great Oaks? To love God and love people? And our mission statement is to help people take their next step towards God? That's what we do, when, and, and one of the things we do because of our serving. Do you know how many volunteers it takes approximately every week at Great Oaks to do all the stuff that happens in a week? I'm talking about Sunday mornings, uh, Sunday night, Wednesday night, uh, small groups. How many volunteers do you think it takes? I added them up this week. I didn't know. Approximately 150 volunteers every week to do all the stuff, the basic stuff. And I'm not talking about special events. Just the basic stuff that we do. 150 people every week, 52 weeks a year. It takes that many people to do what it takes to do all the children's ministry, the student ministry, the small groups ministry, the first impressions ministry, the the, the worship ministry, everything that happens here, 150 volunteers a week. And I don't know if you noticed on the video or not, but did you notice how many people that were on that video, if you could tell who they were, uh, people on the video are still doing some of the same things? That was 10 years ago, folks. Melanie Neal was still holding babies. (laughs) 10 years ago, Melanie, you were holding babies. I saw it in the pictures. 10 years ago, in those pictures, Dana Deshaun was back and, and, and... Charlie and Millicent was back in, in pre-K, you know, and Carl and all these different people were back in pre-K working with little kids. They were still doing it 10 years ago. They're still doing it. 
Uh, Greg McCoy, you saw him a couple times smile. Greg was doing whatever Greg did. You know, Greg was small groups and doing this, doing that, and doing everything. Betty McCoy's in children, in and out of children for years and years and years and serving everywhere, all over the place. Chris and Lisa Lee, bless your hearts. I, I, I don't know, I saw some incredible pictures and I did not show them. I thought about showing them today because it would give everybody a great laugh. Because 2004, 2005, Vacation Bible School. Uh, you guys wore some ridiculous outfits. Chris does it a lot anyway, just because he likes to do that. But the reality is, you know, you'll do anything to reach kids for Christ. Bill Trout, I mean, doing the same thing, crazy stuff. Fred Schraffer, I was talking to him this morning, back in the elementary school, in the middle school, doing the same thing, serving God by ministering to people there. You know, Travis Barnes, uh, I don't know if Travis is here this morning or not, maybe second service, but Travis was... You never see Travis. You don't know who Travis. No, you don't know who Travis is. But Travis, back in 2003, was running cabling everywhere. He's always he spends an enormous amount of hours here running stuff up in the attic and doing thing crazy stuff that I would never do. He's an engineer at Cat, by the way. Okay, and he, and he does incredible things here in the life that's been doing it for years. Mark Fair, and, and I, was, I was amazed by you, man. You know that you, you, were, you were cooking pancakes 10 years ago? And the last time we had a thing here, we were cooking pancakes, you're still cooking pancakes. <laughs> I know you have other skill sets than that, but you... But, but really, I saw it was amazing. I mean, every picture, pancakes, there's Mark, cooking pancakes. God needs people to cook pancakes, right? You know? And doing amazing things. Michael Anderson, Michael, you've done so many things. It's amazing. Uh, out in the parking lot in 2003, I, I, we'll talk about that later, but uh, when we were doing some stuff, you know, cutting grass, doing all kind of crazy things, nobody ever sees it, though. But the reality is I could go on. I could, I could list a name of 100 names of people who have been serving this church for so many years. You're sitting here, so I saw your faces, and I thought I'd mention you, by the way, Okay. But the reality is, is what I'm saying is, is that I thank, I, I thank God. Thank God because of your serving. And because of your serving, God is changing lives. He's changing lives. He's changing the lives of children and students and adults. And I didn't even mention small group leaders. God is changing lives because of you. See, serving is an amazing way to make a difference. And because of the way you serve, people will praise God. That was number one. Number two, because of your giving, God is changing lives. The second thing it says there in chapter, verse 11 of 2 Corinthians 9, it says, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be, be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I want to personally thank you for your giving over the years. Giving of your time, giving of your resources, giving of yourselves, I don't know if you know the history. Some of you don't have only been here. How many of you have only been here since we've been in this building? Just since we've been in the building? The vast majority of you, okay? I didn't show anything. Nothing on those pictures this morning was since we've been here. We moved in this building in July of 2006. Okay, so that's since then. But I don't know if you know the history of the generosity of the people of Great X. In 1997, this church was formed with a core group of people. And when that core group formed and it began to grow, grew to about 100, 125 people and an average attendance and it was there for a while and went through some ups and downs, uh, that was, that was pa- old history. <laughs> but the reality was, even during that time, one of the visions was, and you saw that sign out there, Future Home of Great Oaks. 
This piece of property had that sign on there because early on there was, a, there was this vision for planting a church here and having a facility here even when we were over in the elementary school with 125 people. And so the people began to give and they began to give and they gave and gave and gave. And I don't know exactly the amount of money they gave over the first few years. It was pretty cheap to do church back then, by the way, because we didn't have any, you know, just rent school once a week and everything else was in homes. But the reality was that people gave several hundred thousand dollars over the first six, seven years of the church before we ever had a building plan or anything like that for the future home of a church. But then in 2005, we began to process, or 2004, 2005, we began to process of talking about building our first facility. And that small group of people who had purchased the land here, uh, after they'd raised that several hundred thousand dollars, uh, we decided to have a building campaign. And the first thing we did back in 2005 was to go before the leaders, and I sat down. We really do things big here at Great Oaks, too. I sat down at Avanti's in a room. But, you know, really high in place, you know. And I'm just trying to be facetious, folks. I mean, you know, you know, I didn't really spend, we didn't spend a lot of money. We didn't want to spend a lot of money. We had a room, and we sat down with about, I think, 15 to 17 leadership families in the church. And I said, folks, if we're going to do this, what we need to do is we need to up front pledge ourselves, me included, and then to challenge the church to pledge as well for the first, for either one-time gifts or, or pledges over three years. Because we, had, we already had this property, we knew that, that basically we had a certain amount of money in the bank, we had about six $700,000 in the bank, but we knew that it was going to cost another $2.3 million minimum to, to do all the stuff we needed to do here. $2 million for the building and a million dollars to do all the infrastructure. Now that's cheap, I want to let you know that. That is incredibly cheap. But the reality is still, it's still $3 million, no, no matter what you do. And so we're going like, how are we going to do that? And so we said, we don't want to go into deep debt, but we'll go into sun debt. So what we, what we did is we asked people to pledge. Those 15 to 17 leadership families, and I don't have the numbers off the top of my head exactly, pledged uh, uh, for three years $250,000. And we didn't have a ton of families in the church then, but we, and then we challenged the rest of the church to give. And we're gonna, you're going to see the little video in a couple of weeks when we talk about this a little bit more. But about 75 families in the church then pledged the remainder, and we pledged over a million dollars up front. So we only had, and it ended up we owed, owed about $1.2, $1.3 million total to the building after we had that. And we're paying it down, paying it down, paying it down. We're down to about under $700,000 now. And so we're, we're getting there. We aren't there yet, but we're getting there. But the reality is, is I want to tell you, that was above and beyond regular giving. And this is a church, I've been in churches before that every week we had to ask the question, can we, can we buy that? You know? I've hardly ever had to ask that question at Great Oaks. Anytime we've had a need, anytime we have a, a something, you as people have been generous. And you've given. Because you understand the vision. You understand what's going on here. And, you, and you, you've been a generous people. So on behalf of God, uh, I want you to know that you're making a difference. And I want you to know it's awesome to be part of a generous church. It is. It is so exciting to be a part of a group of people who live their lives with open hands. See, we have a core value here. One of our five core values is you can't outgive God. We have a God who's a giver. And we reflect him every time we give. So that's the second thing. Because of your giving, God is changing life. Thirdly, and I want to wrap up with this, because, because of your passion for people, because of your passion for people, God is changing lives. 
It says this in 2 Corinthians 9, 13. Men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. We just came through not a fan. And we said that not a fan means that we're to what? If we're to follow Christ, we are to die ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow him. Which means we have the same heart that God has. And you know in scripture when you read it over and over and over, what was Jesus' number one priority? People. People. People's eternal destiny. People's needs. And the reality is, is the reason that we have grown from approximately 125 people in, in 2002 to last week we had a little over 600 here in worship and two services. The week, a couple of weeks before when we had, um, or a couple of weeks ago when we had baptism, we had over 700 people here for worship. The reason we have grown to that is not because of great preaching or because of, of, a, of a facility. It's because of your passion for people. Because you're the ones, and, and you saw baptisms a couple of weeks ago, and you heard the stories about people who had connected with other people, and because of that, what it is is they were, they were drawn to Christ. See, you've invited friends and neighbors and coworkers and schoolmates, and you've opened your homes for small groups and served in the community. It's amazing what God can do through people when you have a passion for other people around you. Nowhere was that more impressed when I look back at the pictures than in 2003 at Easter. You saw the tent. Remember that? Some of you around here are going like, tent? I hated the tent. No, it was, it was cold that day. And it was, you know, it was Easter. This is Illinois. This is not Hawaii. And we were in a tent. You know, back then we were talking about how this was my first Easter at Great Oaks. And I said, you know, how can we reach people? What can we do differently? And so some people, we had all these crazy creative people. They come with this crazy idea of a tent. And this was in the middle of the winter when we thought of this idea. I remember this. I still do. I still shiver thinking about it. And the reality was is that we talked about the idea. And I said, okay, it's going to be a lot of work. And I said, oh, we'll do it. And nowhere in life in the history of Great Oaks have I seen more people unselfishly give themselves and invite their friends to a place than in 2003 in that tent of all places. It wasn't real comfortable. Sound was eh. Saw Tracy up there singing, you know, Janelle. It was, it was, but it was an incredible time because I, and if you, if I looked through hundreds of pictures of that event. And people are out there for, you know, doing crazy stuff for days to set it up. And Mark was back there making pancakes and, you know, and <laughs> along with a few dozen other people. And, and I mean, it was all this stuff going on. Carl was setting up chairs, you know, and Michael's out in the parking lot doing stuff, you know, and people were doing all kind of crazy stuff. And we, you know, it was, it was, it was like raw. It was kind of like gritty. It was different, right? But you're willing to do it. Why? Because you know, you know because, because you had a passion for people in this community. And you still do. And you still do. See, your passion for people is what reaches people for Christ. When you see a, a neighbor or a friend and you invite them to church or you see someone who has a need and you invite them to your small group, that's what is, makes an impact on so many people. See, because of your willingness to serve God and to give generously to the work of God and because of your passion for people, who need Christ, God is at work here in this church, in this community. And I want to tell you, that's an exception among churches across the world, especially in America. 
See, I believe we have a front row seat for the work of God. We've had a great 16-year history in Great Oaks, but, but I believe the best days are still ahead. The reason I believe that is because God is still at work. And you're people who still serve. I mean, some of you are still serving. Yeah, we've added dozens more. I'm going to talk about those, you know, the people that are serving recently, soon, in the next couple of weeks. And we're still generous. People are still giving. This has been one of the best years in the history of Great Oaks in regard to our giving. We grew about 9%, 8.5% in our attendance last year. We grew about 15, 14, 15% in our giving last year. In the midst of what I'd call is not the best economy in the world. But God is still working here. And I thank God because of you. Because of what he's doing through you. And I think we have this front row seat. And let me just close with that verse once again out of 1 Thessalonians 3. Now, because of you, we have great joys when we enter into God's presence. Let's pray this morning as we close. And for many of you this morning, um, you know, you may be feeling a real sense of gratitude for the opportunity to be a part of something that is making so much difference. As we've talked about this and I've shared and thrown out names and talked about things, I mean, you have this gratitude about being a part of that. And, and I'm so thankful, God, that you are, you're working in the lives of so many people here. I could have mentioned dozens and dozens more. But God, I just thank you for that. I thank you because of so many people that you're making a difference in this community and actually in other places in the world. But I want to say this as well. I understand there's another, another feeling going on here this morning because for some of you here, this is an awkward moment because you've not been involved in serving and giving. And I want to pray for you this morning because serving and giving is one of the, most, the greatest things you can do and also be one of the greatest blessings for you and for others. And for some of you this morning, as you've heard these stories, you've been prompted by the Spirit to do something, to be more involved in serving, to be more involved in giving. If that is what God's Spirit is prompting you to do right now, I want to take a moment to lift you up to God. Because I know God wants to do to use you more than you can ask or think or even imagine. So let me just pray for you right now. Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, go to greatoakscc.org.